Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. Verses of Scripture found in 1 Peter chapter 1. It's good to see everybody here tonight. And uh, we're glad you're here. Amen. Amen. Glad for those of you that are joining us online via Facebook Live. Glad you joined us to be a part of this service. If you're a member of this church, we miss you tonight. Hope you can come Sunday. We'll look for you Sunday. Don't forget, Sunday school's at 1 and worship is at 2. Also, Friday night, this Friday night is our monthly bilingual service, English and Spanish. We have a very special guest speaker that's going to be speaking to you. So you will want to come and see who that is. Amen. Also, this Saturday is our monthly Ladies Calvary Coffee Clatch. That's at Denny's Restaurant at 9 a.m. this Saturday, August the 5th. Next week on Tuesday will be our monthly Ladies Tuesday prayer meeting at 11 a.m. here at the church. Amen. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But, and the verb here is implied, it comes from the verse previous. I'm going to insert it here so we won't forget what we're talking about. But you have been redeemed uh, with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And the Lord will bless his word tonight. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Tonight's going to be light, fair, F-A-R-E, from the word of the Lord. The meat from tonight is not going to be hard to digest. Somebody said, thank God. Not going to get heavy tonight, in other words. But I am going to seek and try to encourage you as the Lord has directed me to uh, this thought that I bring to you tonight really comes from a a message that I preached. I I think it may have been Sunday school lesson. I don't remember. Within the last month, wasn't more than a month ago, when I talked a little bit about this thought, maybe a whole lot. But uh, I feel led to speak to you about it again tonight. And I'm going to entitle my remarks with this title, What are you worth? Look at your neighbor and ask them that question. What are you worth? Now, you don't have to answer the person that asked that of you. I'm going to answer it for you. I have heard it said, read, seen in different places that provide information, resources, that if you broke the human body down to just its bare essence of the physical chemicals that the body is made up of, and and I've read this in several places, and it's changed over the years. Um, 20, 30 years ago, it was, I think, a dollar something. 
because of inflation or maybe just because of chemicals being worth more than they used to be. It's now somewhere around $4.50. Wow. That's what you and I are worth, chemically speaking. However, I have also seen where uh, this fact exists. If you could break down the individual components of your body that are worth something to somebody else, for example, several organs, we know that science, uh, science, medical technology has advanced in our world to the point that there are now several organs that can be taken out of a dead body, put into a live body, where the live body's organ of that type or kind is no longer functioning uh, correctly or does not have much life left, much length of life left. And if something isn't done for the person who's still alive uh, about that organ that is failing, they will not last uh, through a full lifespan or will not live out their life as long as they would have if that organ hadn't gone bad. Um, <clears throat> Besides organs, did you know also that people sell their blood? I read of one woman with a very rare strain of blood who was able to sell her blood, uh, I guess a pint at a time, or they call them units now. Uh, she was able to make, as long as she did this, thank you, brother, um, $80,000 a year from selling her blood. I read in England, a woman sold her kidney to an American for $50,000. And the reason she did that was to pay legal expenses. Don't tell me lawyers aren't expensive nowadays. I read in another place that in Japan, if you are rich, you can purchase the organs of executed prisoners, prisoners who are sentenced to die, and when that death sentence is carried out, rich people can buy their organs. In one instance, uh, one person paid around $100,000 for a liver. I want you to think about this for a moment. What would you if you were blind, pay if they could do eye transplants. I don't think that's possible yet. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But if it were possible, what would you, if you were blind, pay for someone else's eye? If they could put it in your head and it worked correctly. Or what would, what would someone who's deaf, I don't think this is possible either yet. They've come a long way in the, in the area of hearing, the, the, the sense of hearing. But what would a deaf man pay for your ears if they could put your ears on his head and they work? Or what would someone who is crippled, who cannot walk, who must, if they go anywhere, do so in a wheelchair, what would someone pay to have your legs?
I don't think they attach legs or transplant legs uh, yet. But imagine the money that could be had if you were willing to give up one of these uh, parts of your body and trade it for money. Well, the truth is, I, I'm pretty sure you probably feel the same way I do. Maybe not. I know not everyone would. But uh, the truth in my case is I wouldn't sell uh, one eye or two for a million dollars, two million dollars, really any price, I don't believe. Uh, but with that being said, the sum value of your parts that is, the parts of your human body, the value of all of them together, is more than you or I have in the bank. And, and so this, this, line of thinking got, this line of thinking got me to uh, considering some things like how much blood is in my body and what is the value of that blood if I somehow could sell it all at once. Now, the woman that got $80,000 a year for selling her blood did it one pint or one unit at a time. But what if, what if you could sell all of your blood at once and get all the money that that's worth? It'd be far more than $80,000, I'm sure. What, what if I were to sell all of my individual parts and, and blood and plasma and pieces? Now, this sounds kind of gruesome. My... My wife gets a little squeamish, but it's not dinner time, so I hope I'm okay talking like this. But it would be safe in saying that if the right connections could be made, I could probably make a small fortune selling myself to the highest bidder for everything in my body that was sellable. Uh, I can just see this going down on eBay. Now, it's been a long time. It's been years since I've been on eBay. Uh, but I can just see this happening on eBay. And what else do they have out there to sell something in Craigslist? Uh, Poshmark? I'm not even sure what that is. I've seen it in emails sent to me, and I had nothing to do with them. Somebody in our home knows what Poshmark is. But I, I can see this going down in some online auction uh, where you list your health, you know, how healthy you are and your family history, and, and you break it all down and you sell out to the highest bidder. And the money would be confirmed in my account on delivery. They would wire it to me. And the closing date would come, and the delivery date would be set. And if it were possible, uh, I would find a surgeon willing to piecemeal by piecemeal part out my body and place each organ in a, a transportable container filled with dry ice to keep it fresh. I know this is gross, but stick with me here. I'm going somewhere. And then I would be delivered around the world. And in a single moment, I would be incredibly wealthy. But now, think with me for a minute. Also, in that very same moment, I would cease to exist. Actually, that moment 
that I cease to exist or have life in my body would come much earlier than that whenever the surgeon probably first started working on me. By the time he got to maybe the third organ, you think I'd last that long? If it was one I can't live without, like a heart or a liver, my life wouldn't be worth anything real fast. But in this theoretical uh, story that I'm concocting, scattered across the world, just think about it, such a, an extremely high price paid for a man who no longer exists. Sure, maybe I'm worth more dead than alive, but who is willing to die to gain what you would never realize or hold or experience? Let's go one step further than the human body and, and go a little bit deeper. What about the soul? What is my soul worth? Put up Matthew 16 and 26, Brother Terry. Jesus answered us that, in a sense, he said, What is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Uh, these two questions, basically the same question. They are what is called in English uh, grammar, I believe it is, rhetorical questions. A rhetorical question is a question that the person asking really isn't asking to get the information. Uh, he's asking it to make a point because he already knows the answer. What is a man profited if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? The obvious answer is nothing. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Again, the obvious answer is nothing. There is nothing that you and I possess or could ever get our hands on in this life that we could exchange for our soul and us come out in any way ahead, there would be absolutely nothing that you could exchange your eternal soul for and come out with a profit, with money to spend. Because as in the case of parceling out my organs that are worth something piece by piece and getting money for them, by the time that's all said and done, I would be dead physically in here. Whatever you would take in exchange for your soul, from that moment forward, you would be dead or lifeless, without life, spiritually. And the Bible says, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment the second part, the part about judgment, is far weightier and far more important than the first part, the dying part. We in this world, though, we focus so much on that, on the, the fact that one of these days we all have an appointment with death. And different people respond to that thinking and that fact in many different ways. Some are very fearful of death. They, they would do anything to avoid it. I've even scratched my head uh, figuratively, maybe not physically, but, but in my mind, thinking to myself, what, what, 
what are they thinking and what do they think the Bible says? When I hear a Christian, an apostolic Pentecostal who's been born again of the water of the Spirit, and when they die, they're on their way to a life far better than this one. When they say things like, well, you ask them how they're doing, and they say, well, I'm above ground, so I'm doing better than I could be. No, no, they're 100% wrong. If we had their funeral, let's say it was me. If we had my funeral yesterday, I would be doing far, far better than any day that I lived on this earth above ground alive physically. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. While we live here on this earth, we have Jesus. And that is great. That, 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 that is beyond our, our, our ability to, to just talk about how good that is to walk with Jesus through this life in a one-on-one -on -one relationship with him. I cannot begin to imagine the benefits that I have from him ever comparing to a life without him in my life. But Paul went on to say after he said, that to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Whatever this life affords and whatever good it has in store for us and gives to us, it cannot begin to compare with the value of the afterlife spent with God throughout eternity. So in thinking about what you are worth tonight, you have to go more than just thinking about your physical body and your ability to see and the fact that you can still hear. And those of you that have your mobility is still good. It goes much farther than those things when you think about what you are worth. Now, this may seem to be a foolish exercise in logic, but, but, but many times we... As people, we do that. We parcel out our lives. We divide our loyalties up. And in so many ways, we sell out pieces of ourselves and parts of ourselves, not physically, but in other ways. Our money, our time, our attention, our likes, our dislikes, our loves, our hates. There's so much more to us than just the physical body. And we give ourselves to things that we neither believe in or enjoy, but because of money, we continue to hawk out our value in the pawn shop of life, as it were. But first, first Peter 1 Peter 1.18 again, Brother Terry. Peter says, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed. What's the word redeemed means? It means literally to buy back, to purchase back from a certain state of existence. Now, here's what happened. Jesus Christ came to this earth to redeem you and I, to buy us back from the clutches of sin. And all that surrounds and comes to the life of a human being because of sin. I mentioned about how great it is to live for God and live in a one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus the way he uh, ordained for us and meant for us to, and how great that is and the many blessings that we have in this life and then in the one to come. Let me parallel that or compare that with the opposite side of the coin, and that is living our life in sin. 
living your life in sin apart from God, away from his salvation, and not taking advantage of what he did at Calvary to buy us back out of a life of sin. You live your life in sin, my friend, and you're going to regret it, not just when it comes to an end, but in this one. The wages of sin are death. The pleasures of sin are just for a season, the Bible says. And if you live your life apart from Jesus Christ, you're going to have a miserable life here on old planet Earth. The devil will tell you otherwise. He'll tell you it's better than a life lived with God. He'll tell you, oh, if you live for God, you're going to have to give up this and give up that. So what? Jesus Christ said that, that, that if we follow him, and whatever we give up in this life, he says, we will be repaid in this life, some 60, some 120-fold. Whatever you give up for Jesus in this life, you'll be paid back in this life so much more than what you give up or think you give up. And then carrying out that thought of living a life in sin when it comes to an end, then you've got to face eternal death in a lake of fire called hell, where the worm dieth not, where there is no water to quench your thirst, and it will go on forever and ever and ever, the torment of burning alive forever and ever and ever. What is your soul worth? It was worth enough for Jesus Christ to come to this earth and to die on Calvary for you. For as much as you know, you weren't redeemed. No, let's go back. Let me finish it. With corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation. That word conversation in the Old English New Testament means behavior or lifestyle. From your vain behavior received by tradition from your fathers. Next verse. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. What does that mean? It means God stepped out of the portals of glory in heaven above, and he became a human being. He was both God and man at the same time, and he paid the sacrifice that you and I should have paid but he knew we couldn't because if we did, then we would be like my body with all the parts parceled out. We wouldn't be able to enjoy our life because we would be dead. So he took our place in dying a physical death that we should have died in payment for our sin. Because God said, where there is sin, there must be the penalty of death. But he said, I'm going to take that punishment for you, I'm going to pay that price for you so that you can live forever with me in heaven. And so he stepped out of heaven, came to this earth, lived about 33 and a half years, and then went to the cross of Calvary where he died a death that no one should ever have to die. The death of crucifixion is still the most horrible way uh, human beings have ever devised or come up with to kill another human being. But he took that, that punishment for us, and he gave his life for us, and the process of his dying entailed the blood of, 
of his body literally pouring out of multitudes of wounds and cuts and marks and gaping holes that the, the, uh, the Roman soldiers cat of nine tails whip had ripped from his flesh to where you could see his internal organs. Blood came streaming out of those wounds and out of the cuts on his head where they placed the crown of thorns, out of the, the hole, the gaping hole in his side where that Roman soldier thrust that sword up in there to make sure that he was dead. And that blood that poured out of the body of Jesus Christ at the cross tells you and I today what we are worth. Um, it's been said that an object's worth is equal to what someone would be willing to pay for it. Can you see tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that you and I are worth far more than you and I could ever comprehend in this life? I don't even know if when we get on the other side of this earthly veil, we're going to be able to comprehend. Maybe we will. If we, if we are able to, the Lord's going to have to make a change in our mind to where we can comprehend the greatness of his sacrifice. You are worth far more, Peter here says, than silver and gold, because that's not what was paid to redeem you from a life and the punishment and the penalty of sin. But you were purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the life is in the blood. The blood. Jesus literally gave his own life. He died so that you and I could live. Let's just lift our hands and thank the Lord for that tonight. Doesn't that stir something in your soul right now? that makes you want to praise him for it. Lord, I love you for so many things, but I thank you tonight, especially for Calvary, for the blood that you gave there. Lord, you said they didn't take your life from it. You freely gave it, and we're so glad tonight. We praise you for that blood. Thank you for what it has purchased for us. Thank you, Lord, that it tells us that we are worth far, far more than we could ever imagine or hope to comprehend in this life. We thank you for it tonight. We praise you for it, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. What are you worth tonight? Well, I want to close tonight by giving you some conclusions that I came to after thinking about all that I just told you, how valuable we are in the sight of God. He thought it worthy. He saw us and thought we were so valuable and that we were worth so much that he literally gave his own life to buy us, to purchase us. That's what you're worth tonight. And so in closing, let me just, I hope that I've encouraged you, the Lord has encouraged you through this word tonight, but I want to give you a little advice. Um, I, I, I came to a few conclusions myself. Maybe you'll tap into this and 
it will resonate with you. Maybe not. I don't know. But I've come to a few conclusions after thinking about afresh and anew what I've just told you. Uh, I'm going to be thankful for what I have. I mean, I'm going to be thankful for my physical abilities, first of all. Let me tell you something. If you can see tonight, if you can hear, if you can walk, or if you can talk, then every one of these abilities that I've just read, seeing, hearing, walking, and talking, every one of those are missing in the lives of millions of people tonight while we sit here enjoying all of those abilities to do that, to walk, to talk. Maybe you don't walk like you used to, and maybe it hurts. Maybe you can't hear as good as you used to. I can't. But there are millions of people tonight who would be very, very willing to trade the ability to hear and to walk to see, to talk, to trade something so that they would be able to do that again. Be thankful for what you can do. Be thankful. If you're feeling tonight like you're busted and broke, just remember this, you're richer than you think. If you have new life, eternal life, if you have been born again of the water of the Spirit and you're on your way to heaven, you're richer than 99.9999% of the world's population. Praise God. And finally, no matter what your handicaps may be or your financial problems might be, if you have Jesus, then you have more than many, many healthy people, wealthy people and wise people have this evening. Because if you have Jesus, then you have found the Redeemer of your priceless soul whose worth is far above any price that we could imagine. Your soul was purchased with the substance that's more valuable than gold, the precious blood of Jesus. As our musicians come, let's go out of here tonight resolving anew and afresh to live our life with a sense of appreciation for what we've got, for your senses. I want you to walk out the door of this building tonight and sniff the air. Sometime between now and when you go to bed tonight, stop and listen to the birds. Feel the softness of your own face, your own skin. Take in the beauty that is all around us because of this beautiful earth that God created and gave us to live in. And remember this, you are priceless You really are. You are made in the very image of God himself. And if there is anyone here tonight or watching online that's doing this, don't continue to live a divided life selling out the very person that God created you to be. Be what God wants you to be. He designed you and created you and gave you life so that he could have his way with you. And it's not until you completely surrender to him to have his way in your life, in everything. It's not until that moment will you truly be happy 
and find fulfillment in this life. Let's all stand together. I know that it's common because it's in our flesh nature. It's built in there to be dissatisfied, to be dissatisfied with our life or with ourselves. And sometimes we might wish we could run faster or jump higher or or, or maybe be skinnier or be taller or look younger or sing better. You just fill in the blanks. Just Sometimes we, we just have that desire to be better or different than we are. For happiness sake, you've got to quit thinking about what you don't have. Think what you are worth. Think about what Jesus paid for you. Quit being defeated. Quit living in depression for what you are not and what you don't have. But be thankful for who and what you are and be the very best who and what you can be. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, I, I want you to think about this. The most precious thing that you have that God gave you is who you are. If you've obeyed his gospel, then you're a child of his. That's the most important thing in this life, that you are a child of God. You need to ask God, if you're, if you're bound by this, ask God to free you from the dissatisfaction and the frustration that the enemy has tempted you into taking on to your heart and your mind, things that you can't change, and be satisfied in the blessing that you have. First and foremost, that is your salvation. What are you worth tonight? I tell you, you're priceless. You're priceless. Your worth cannot be estimated on this earth or in man's limited thinking. But God knows how much you're worth tonight. And that's all that counts. Praise God. Would you lift a hand to him and thank him for that this evening? Would you lift a hand to him and begin in your own way, in your own words, to thank him for seeing something in you that he loved so much. He went to Calvary and paid the ultimate price to buy. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.